us today and being a part of this experience. Um, before we go any further, um, my name is Richard. I am one half of the Mental Matters Podcast. I am Jarrell Mitchell, the other half of the Mental Matters Podcast. Yep, and we are here to talk about self-care while in college. Right. So with that being said, I want to make sure I'm familiar, familiarize you guys with what we do anyway, and then get into our discussion. So with that being said, how many of you guys have heard of the Mental Matters Podcast? That's awesome. We got listeners in the room. Okay. Cool. So with that being said, we welcome you guys again to another episode of our podcast. For those that may not be familiar, definitely encourage you guys to get comfortable. We're going to make this as lighthearted as possible, but have some real discussion as well. So before we go too crazy into our topic, I want to talk about a little bit why we decided to do this podcast. And I think that there's no better person to start that discussion than my co-host, Jarrell. <laughs> of course. So initially, um, when I... I didn't even think of it as a podcast, to be honest. So this is what happened. I wrote a Facebook status. Me and Richard know each other from Wayne State University. Um, we both graduated from there. And so, as you know, as engineers passing through the college engineering, wherever school you may go to, you just tend to learn faces. So we're kind of just like that. Like, I know who he is. He knows who I am. So um, this was back in 2017. Towards the end of 2017, I made a Facebook status saying, hey, I would like to get together um, a group of men, young and old, everything in between and just fellowship with one another. Um, at the time, I had just gotten married, so I was like, you know, I like to have uh, discussions with husbands, discussions with men who may have been divorced who can give us tips on, you know, how things cannot go that way. Um, discussions with uh, uh, men of the cloth, if you will, like have religious discussions, how do we build our spirituality. Um, I just wanted to have like a forum for just um, men to come and uh, express our feelings and our emotions, our downfalls and our achievements. And so um, I wrote that status, and then Richard immediately like commented, like, I'm about to inbox you. And uh, he was like, I'm going to the DMs. And so <laughs> he DM'd me, and uh, he was like, we really need to uh, get the ball rolling on this. And so uh, we met maybe like a couple weeks after that or a month after that at Panera Bread, um, not too far from here in Southfield. And uh, we, we just went back and forth discussing like our thoughts on it, how we want to put it together. And Rich was, Rich was like, we should just do it as a podcast. Um, because that way it could be a safe space, a safe space for um, men to come and listen. Um, they can, we can build a community, um, if you will. And uh, from there, it'll be a year next year that we've been creating episodes and giving content for the Mental Matters podcast. Definitely. So yeah, April fifteenth, two thousand eighteen. Yep. So it'll be a whole year next month, bro. A whole year. That part. That part. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, again, I was a crazy kind of free spirit, like, yo, let's just do a podcast. Like, why not? And I also realized I had no idea how in the world to start a podcast. <laughs> and so we sat down, had a few meetings, and um, again, April 15th, we got the ball rolling on our first episode, Why Mental Matters. Mm -hmm. And ultimately asked the question, why does your mental matter to you? And for me, it was a very candid discussion because I realized I can't be my best self. I can't be a husband. I can't be a brother. I can't be a cousin or even a son if I don't have my mind together. And so we talked about just the different things that we as black men never get to talk about because we're afraid of what other people will say or even judges behind closed doors. And so from there, we looked at going from that route to what it means to man up properly for the culture and all the people that influence that. So both men and women influence that culture. And so we built a platform and 
um, great people like you guys are here to hear us have a real discussion. So I'm excited. I know Terrell's excited. Always excited. <laughs> you are always excited. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we talk about those topics and jerk chicken, by the way. So with that being said, we are going to hop right into it. Um, but first, there's another person sitting right to the right of me. Definitely obvious. So with that being said, I'd like to give my man with the plan a chance to introduce himself and talk about his platform. So my name is Caleb Boswell. I currently serve as a student advisor at Washtenaw Community College. Um, oh, I serve as a student advisor uh, in the Office of Counseling and Career Planning at Washtenaw Community College. Um, and, and mental health is, is just what I love and it's what I do. Um, so I use my social media platform on a regular um, and I use the hashtag therapy is normal just to try to normalize it. Um, especially in our community and communities of color. Cool. Well, we welcome you. Thank <laughs> you for being a part of this community. Thank you. And um, for those that don't know, we have a hashtag, Mental Matters Community. So on any social media platform, Instagram, Facebook, you know, sometimes Twitter. I hate Twitter. But any of those three platforms, definitely search, search the hashtag and see who's talking about the Mental Matters Community because sometimes it's us and sometimes it's awesome other people as well. So. Um, that part. So with that being said, before we get too far deep in, kind of talked about asking that question. So I'm gonna ask you that question first. Mm -hmm. Why does your mental matter to you? Ooh, my mental matters to me. I'm just huge on um, one for self-care and then number two as a counselor, kind of just taking in everybody else's stuff. Um, it's just super important that I keep my mind right. If I'm not um, in a good state, then I can't be um, in a better state for that client sitting across from me. So basically, um, you're your whole, you're your best self when you have your mental together, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that's that's hitting the gym. That's that's a concert. That's that's just doing you know positive things to kind of detach um, myself away from work because it's it's easy. You take in a lot of information. You take in um, a lot of different circumstances. I tell people all the time. One of the things um, with my job, I always say, what shows up on my screen and what shows up on my desk can be two different things. What shows up on my screen maybe uh, wants to drop a bio class, having an issue with an instructor. What shows up at my desk may be uh, depression, anxiety, homelessness. Um, life is just happening. And so I can't talk to you about a bio class or I can't talk to you about an SAP or um, you know, you're struggling in the class until we get the, those life issues um, in order. And so I always let students know that you know my office is, I say it's like Planet Fitness, it's a judgment-free zone. Um, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to help you, um, and just to try to just try to work through those those issues. So I'm gonna try to get some free sessions. Back <laughs> As a student of Washtenaw, you're, uh, oh, well, you're eight, eight free sessions, and then we help transition you out if you need more. Well, definitely not gonna Washtenaw. So that probably not gonna happen. But with that being said, we'll get into it. So before we get into our discussion questions, one thing we like to do is highlight um, Black businesses that are doing things. So first and foremost. We are at probably the largest attended convention for the National Society of Black Engineers. And with that being said, they have an awesome marketplace, just different items you guys can go check out from jewelry to apparel to your smell good stuff and everything in between. So make sure you guys check out the marketplace here. So with that being said, you ready to get into the topic, bro? I'm ready to get into the topic. You sure? I'm always sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, with that being said, I'll let you take it away then. Okay. So we have some um, discussion topics here, or questions, if you will. 
that uh, me and Rich kind of just brainstorm, pass back and forth with each other. They're geared more towards um, college students um, in the setting that you guys are in, maybe in a new setting, um, maybe in a new city that you've never been in before. Um, in my case, I didn't have, <coughs> I didn't have um, the issue of you know, traveling or being away from family because I stayed right here in Detroit. This is where I'm from. I went to school at Wayne State. So some of the questions I didn't even have the answers to um, because it's just something I didn't have to um, face. But um, we'll start off and uh, we'll ask our, uh, our guests, do campuses offer, uh, well, you kind of answered it already, do campuses offer help for mental health? Yes, yes. So um, on most campuses, it's going to be called CAPS, which is your Counseling and Psychological Services. Um, one of the things with CAPS that most colleges really try to do is they try to put it um, in a discrete location. So CAPS usually is not going to be smack dab in the middle of the uh, student center where they can see you going in and people like, ooh, you got something going on, they're tripping, they're going in CAPS. It's usually more in a discrete um, location on campus, but again, um, through your tuition or fees or whatever, um, that's usually covered, covered through that. Uh, the next topic question that we had was, like for myself, like all of us here, you know, we're studying some type of STEM field um, or in the sciences somehow. Um, there comes a time, maybe not for everyone, but for some of us where we actually um, get a bad mark in a class, you may have to retake a class. I faced that um, a few times um, at Wayne State. Uh, one of the things that kept me up was that I had the support system at home um, because I was a commuter student, so I would go back home every day after class. And if I did have a bad mark, you know, I'd be just very candid with my mom and my dad, like, hey, I messed up, so next semester looks like I'll be taking this again. And um, my mom, she just always said, you know, it's just the race, you know, just get over the next hurdle. Um, that was the mindset that she always um, kept me in. So I was just asked the question, how, um, as a student in college, how are we supposed to cope with um, failing courses? So one thing that I always like to tell my students that I hear in my office on a regular is, if I don't do X, Y, Z, I'm going to be behind. If I don't do this at this point, I'm going to be behind. And I always just pose the question, I say, be behind who? Um, at the end of the day, this is your race, and you have to stay in your own lane. Um, not everybody's going to finish in four. Some people may take six. Some people have to go part-time. At the end of the day, it's about staying focused on your goal at hand um, and just pushing forward that way. I think where a lot of students get caught up is they see, oh, this person has an internship at this time, or this person is going to be graduating at this time, but they don't really have an understanding of what that person's backstory may be. That person may be doing 18, 19 credits, but you only see them um, with their good grades. And I think the thing that's extremely important um, for students is that they just really run their own race and stay in their own lane um, in regards to the goals that they want and what they want to achieve. That's interesting you stay at that. So just to poll the audience, if you will. How many of you guys have failed a class before? Hey. <laughs> I need a third hand, actually. <laughs> I failed multiple classes multiple times, actually. And I remember even failing a final exam in which I literally had a mental breakdown. Um, it was dynamics. And for those I went to school with, probably remember this story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. And uh, took a dynamics final. I studied all night in the Nesby office on campus. I was ready. I went to that exam, sat next to my best friend, like, we ready, we about to do this. And I got in front of that exam, and it looked me back in the face like, you tried it. And I was just <laughs> like, oh my god, like, I don't remember any of this. You had to fill in the blank, and then you had the, you know, those stupid problems where you got to write out all the equations and try to get the last sigma or delta sign, right, whatever. And I was just like, nope. 
don't remember. I'm just, here's the exam. Touche, <laughs> you got it. And I literally went in front of the physics building. I didn't, I didn't cry, but I was in like a shock state. Like I just sat there like, I don't know what to do next. I had an A minus in the class. I was ready to go into vibrations and I didn't know what to do. So I made a phone call to, um, close friend of mine I even reached out to Caps and like it's normal to have one of those moments you know you have to understand that you're going to not succeed at every single thing you do but it's more so how you react to that thing once you address it and so for me how I cope with failing classes even moving forward is um, again I went back to the drawing board I talked to the professors said all right before I even move forward with that what do I need to do to balance myself moving forward so I'm not sitting here cramming for an exam, um, you know, 24 hours before the final exam? So, and not, not that anybody else has done that, right? You know, because we never <laughs> cram. But at the same time, it was just important to know, like, we all are going to go through that. We're all going to have those moments. So how are we going to move forward and getting that together? And so you mentioned something very powerful earlier. You talked about, um, you know, the things you used to do, you guys used to do with far as self-care is concerned. Mm -hmm. So um, before I get into my question, it is worth noting that there are four major forms of mental illness that students primarily suffer from, especially in college. And so those are moments of stress, depression, suicidal thoughts, and even eating disorders. Mm -hmm. um, so with that being said, um, you know, have, can you guys kind of talk about a story where you dealt with one of those? Wanna go first? I can I can I can definitely speak on stress. So um, my grad school my grad school experience was was a little unique, and I think that's why I'm so anti PhD. Um, just because <laughs> just because my my master's in counseling was 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 crazy. So um, I did pre college programming. So my full time job I was the site coordinator for Gear Up um, for Eastern Michigan University, and I worked out of Ipsy High School. So doing post secondary planning with the students in Ipsy High. Um, but again, like anything else, you can't talk about college and you can't talk about next steps because my students had real life happening. Um, and so, you know, helping them through those issues. Um, at that time, uh, when I started grad school, I was raised by my great grandmother and her uh, health took a turn for the worse. And so I literally was taking care of her um, as well and then, and then being a grad student. So my day would be about five-ish, get up, get to her at about six-ish, finish her. Um, get to work, be with my students from about nine to five and then go to class from 5.30 to 8.30. Um, and then try to crank out these wonderful papers. So I have no STEM experience. What I do, um, you know, counseling is all papers. Papers, 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 presentations, presentations. So, uh, <laughs> exactly, is paper, 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 oh presentation, presentation, presentation. So, you know, then to leave out and then to be cranking out, you know what I'm saying, these, these papers and these presentations um took a toll and so you know as a as a counseling student we're required you know to participate in counseling but even before i got to that point i just started going to counseling on my own just to be like i'm tripping um and i knew i knew i wasn't in a good place and i knew things were were over the top and so during that period i did i reached out to my insurance and was like look who gonna be in network to try to make this happen and and reached out to a therapist um on my own just to kind of sort through all what was kind of going on um in my experience what about you, bro? Uh, in school, I can recall two moments. 
or I had like a stressful situation or a decision I had to make. So I had the opportunity um, while I was at Wayne State to be a part of a study abroad program. And uh, I met with my academic advisor and uh, there was, you have to take a trip to South Africa, but then you also had to take courses to prepare you for what you were gonna see based on you know the history of South Africa, their religions, apartheid, um, things like that. And so um, she was like, you know, this is not an opportunity that most um, people have a chance to experience, so I think you should go for it. And so um, me in my head, I'm like, if I do this study abroad trip, that's gonna put me a year behind for graduation because I have to take these classes that don't even count for anything towards my degree since I'm part of this program. So that means I'm not gonna be able to take the physics um, or at that time it may have been like Calc 2 that I couldn't take because my schedule won't permit it since I'm part of this program. So um, I met with my parents. Um, they're always people who I went to um, whenever I faced like a situation like that in college. And they were just like, hey, if you go to South Africa, that's something that you could always say that you did. But everyone that you're with now is gonna have an engineering degree. So I think if you go to South Africa, it puts you behind a year, but that's not saying that you're not gonna get it. So. Um, talking to them, that helped me get through that um, situation. And uh, I went to South Africa, I enjoyed myself, I learned a lot, and I still think about it um, every day to this day. So it was the right decision to make. Um, the second time I had a stressful situation, it was coming out of um, Wayne State after I graduated. And uh, there was this like window where it's like my internship, I had an internship for my entire senior year at uh, Wayne State. And then uh, I did a professional interview there um, because they were supposed to have um, some engineering openings at that company. And uh, I didn't get picked for any of them, but they liked me so much that they kept me as an intern for a year, which is something I didn't understand at the time. I still don't understand. And, um, and so basically, um, the place where I worked at for a year trying to prove myself that I was worthy to work there, they didn't want me. So it was probably like a two or three week period where I was just like, this is trash, like basically like, <laughs> I have my degree, the place that I worked for, and I did my senior design project that told me that, hey, we don't have anything for you. So there was that situation for like two or three weeks before, um, after graduation where I didn't know, you know, how soon was I gonna get my first uh, employment opportunity. So those are my two. That's interesting. So I just remembered, I'm going back to a time, and we kind of talked about this in private before even, but I know that there are certain expectations that family have on college students, their college students, whether it be in your undergrad, whether it be your in grad school. Um, so with that being said, um, I guess my question is to you guys is, how can you avoid family's expectations when it comes to those things that cause you stress? <laughs> I know I, I have a story. But I, I, really I laugh at that because um, I, I did a career day yesterday and I was talking to the high school students. Um, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way at all, um, but just in my field, I would say some of your first dream killers are parents in some ways. Um, when you have students who are interested in doing um, particular fields or studying particular majors, um, and you just have, in some cases, parents saying, well, you need to do this because XYZ makes money. Whether you have the skill set, whether you have the love, the knowledge to do that thing, it's you should do this because this makes money. Um, and so I had told them about my personal um, situation where, you know, yes, I was a good student in high school and my aunt was like, oh, you should be a doctor or you should do something medical. And I'm like, no, I'm about to go to school and major in psych. 
literally flipped over the couch. Ah, you ain't going to make no money with a psych degree. Why you want to do that? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I knew since high school I wanted to be a therapist. Um, but again, I think it goes back to, to staying in your lane and, and knowing what your goals are and, and having a plan with it. You can't just, um, like I used to say with my, my pre-med students at Wayne, uh, you can't just be like, I'm pre-med, but you're not doing anything that a pre-med student um, needs to be doing. And so I think it's extremely important that individuals, you know, have goals um, and they recognize those goals and they stay in their lanes to achieve them. Um, because when you do that, you will have naysayers across the board, no matter no matter what degree you, you pursue or no matter what job you pursue. Um, but it, if you're achieving your goals and you're moving in the direction that you want to, then by all means do it. And that's, that's what's positive. So... I'll share it. We all family, right? We all family, right? <laughs> yep, all right, yep. cool. So I remember a time where I literally had to distance myself from both of my parents. And so for some people, that may sound strange and weird, but it was one moment where my dad thought I was literally, like, better than people. Like, I don't know how many of you guys have dealt with that before, mm -hmm. but you literally had family members that thought that you thought that you were better than mm -hmm. people, either because of a degree you were pursuing or a degree you obtain. Mm -hmm. So I've had this both in a family setting, even at work. And so I had to really find a way to distance myself from that family. Like for even closer example, my mother suffered from a mental illness and you know she even dealt with alcohol and drug addiction. And so for me, it was, do I help my mother or do I help myself? Because my mother in her current state can't help me get a degree I can help me get a degree because I'm going to class every day. She's only going to take me out of class. So I, it was a really hard balance because how do you tell the person that birthed you no? Like that's probably the most, I'm not gonna say I'm extremely proud of it, but I'm gonna say this is probably one of my biggest accomplishments to this day is just being able to tell my mother no. And when I found the freedom to do that and just kind of deal with that whole family situation, it was nobody in the world I couldn't tell no. I was telling my mama no, I was telling my auntie no, I was telling my teacher no, my boss no. Like, I felt like I was on top of the world. But it was initially stressful because I knew what she was going through and I knew the background behind it. So I knew that from that point on, if I was gonna get that engineering degree, that I would have to tell my family no and to go fly a kite somewhere during a thunderstorm while it's lightning outside i had no problem doing that <laughs> so again it's a very powerful thing to come out of but to go through that i know me and you guys probably could share stories that it is hard to do so ultimately how i avoid family ex their expectations is learning how to say no no is a complete sentence that has a subject a predicate has proper punctuation at the end, and you can even put quotes around it, because somebody else probably said it too. Mm -hmm. So, what about you, bro? <laughs> uh, for, for me, um, I would say it was more so, like my parents, they supported me. Like my mom, she, my dad was an engineer, so it was kind of just like, I wanted to be like my dad as a kid, and then it just stuck. It was just my thing. So, the I guess I could say like the, the expectations caused me stress came more so from like aunts and uncles, like during the holiday season where you got to see them, it was always, when are you going to graduate? Uh, what are you taking right now? Uh, what do you mean um, you're you going part-time because you're working? Like you should just be all in on your degree. 
but they not understanding that they're not contributing to my e-bill, so I have to work, right? That's so, <laughs> so it was it was more so um, from them. But the good thing is that I only saw them on a holiday, so that kind of made it easier for me to to cope with. That's interesting. You bring that up. So, how do you know if you, based on those kind of questions you may get at family get-togethers, whether it be Fourth of July, Thanksgiving, you know, whether that random family dinner? How do you know when when you shouldn't go home, like for the holidays? It wasn't a question for me. It was like, I'm from Detroit. This is where my entire family is. So it was more so trying to get there before they got there and then leaving the house before they came type of situation. <laughs> <laughs> so, would you was, make your plate first too? Or you just yeah, like, I would okay. make my plate first, put it in the oven, go greet grandma, go there greet go. yeah, go greet the people who matter, and then. Um, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> How did you decide there are people that matter in your family? I mean, like you know, you know who's you know who's like in your corner supporting you, and then you know the people who's there just to like keep gossip going. So it was like the people who kept okay. gossip going; those are the people who really like you stay away from. They don't really matter to like your success that much. Like that's the way I kind of like grouped them into different groups, if you will. But yeah, so it was, it was more so um, greeting the people who are in my corner. I'll say, and. Um, trying to limit my interaction with the people who I knew were there just to like perpetuate if I had an issue, they were just there to, you know, make it bigger than what it was type of thing. So you mean like that one uncle auntie with the red cup? Yeah, always. And she's always dancing to no music. And Listen that, right? to the worst songs, <laughs> trying to be cool. Yeah. I won't say who that is in my family because y'all gonna know who I'm talking about. What about you? For me personally, I didn't I didn't really have that situation. I come from a, a super duper small family. Okay. Um so in my case it was just like he in college. They didn't necessarily know um, what I was doing, but they were just super supportive. Um, in my case, I'm first gen, okay. um, not just out of my family, but my entire family, period. So it was just like, he in college. And, you know, every, everything is cool. So I didn't I didn't really have that that situation um, with, with not being supportive of anything. Everybody was super supportive. Um, like I said, they may not have known what I was doing or the work I was doing or, or my workload, but it was just, he in school, you need, you need anything, so. Okay. That's good information to know. So with that being said, um, a lot of us are, you know, either current students, mm -hmm. uh, recently graduated, well into our career fields. And so um, one of the things before I go into, you know, my random bucket of things <laughs> and letting the crowd uh, be able to ask some things as well. Okay. Um, when you're making that jump from student to professional, how do you make that transition? Like, are there certain pitfalls you may go through far as those four main four sources of mental illness, if you will? Wait, can you give me two back one more time? Okay, that was a lot, <laughs> a lot of words. I was just like throwing them at you. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to like making that jump from student professional, um, sometimes there's an associated like level of stress because you want to be, um, you want to be the best at your job. You want to mm -hmm. be that, you know, either best engineer in most of our cases or that best new working professional in other cases. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a funk that you may go into while trying to do that. So okay, now I can how do you kind of make that <laughs> transition without going into like a rabbit hole, if you will? Um, I don't necessarily know if, if you can make that transition without going through the rabbit hole. I think um, the thing that's important is that you, that you utilize self-care and that you are vulnerable and that you are open and that you utilize your support systems um, too often especially when it comes to mental health and mental health in, in communities of color. Um, how many of us have heard what goes on in this house? 
stays in the zone. <laughs> so My we have God. so we have X Y Z going on, um, but we're not we're not reaching out and we're not giving a good outlet um, to what that could be. So again, in my personal um, situation, um, I think the thing that I super struggled with when I graduated is that when I graduated from high school, I was a really good student. When I graduated from college, I was a good student. Um, and here I am, two degrees and no job. Um, and, and debt rolling in. And then, like I say, being first gen, um, having people in my family going, well, just go work at such and such. Or just go, just go grab a job at, and it's like, no, like I can't. Like there was a pride issue with that at, to to a certain extent because yes, I could have just grabbed um, something, but I think I think what's extremely important about that is just to have that support system um, and and to be on your grind and know that you know it's going to pay off and your time will come. Um, but I think it is. It's easy to be like you know I've worked hard, and in my case, I felt like I've worked hard. I've got this degree that's still sitting in the do not fold folder because I never took it out yet. Uh, and and debt piling up, but feeling like I had nothing to show for it. And so there were moments of what am I doing or did I do this right or did I pick the right major or am I going about this um, the right way and just having some self-doubt. Um, but I think, like I say, for me, it was it was still having great friends and great support um, and, and people saying, hey, I know you're looking. Um, here, you know, send your resume to this, or I found this job thing. So I think that support um, really, really plays a, a key role into not falling into that rabbit hole. I mean, moments of sadness, moments of depression, things of that nature are normal. Um, it's when you have those feelings and those things are going on on a continuous basis that it becomes abnormal. So what I think I heard you say <laughs> is that therapy is normal. Therapy is normal. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad you touched on that too. So that being said, there are some things that we can do to avoid those pitfalls. Mm -hmm. And also being able to identify like, hey, I'm going through something. I need mm -hmm. to check myself, get it together, and know of short-term resources mm -hmm. and long-term resources. Mm -hmm. So we define them typically from time to time. So our short-term resources are our ecosystem. So I have an immediate circle of fan, friends that I can call right now if I'm going through something at this second, and they'll be like, what you need? Mm -hmm. Or they'll just listen. So that's my immediate circle of people that's just like, I got your back. But then you have your long term in terms of seeking out therapy. Mm -hmm. And some people, especially within our culture, we don't know of those resources because we don't know um, counselors that we can either afford mm -hmm. or counselors that we can identify with that won't be able to understand our struggles and help us get through that. So not to cut you off, but even before that, um, it's not even so much access yeah. is the issue. Really, the biggest issue is the stigma. Yes. Um, there's there's this the stigma of going and, and feeling weak and feeling like you can't handle your situation by going to therapy. That's mm -hmm. one of um, the biggest issues, not just um, within the African-American community, but within my research as a grad student, people of color as a whole. Um, it all stems from um, a lack of trust. It stems from a lack of feeling represented, and it stems from a, a lack of feeling understood. And so you have people who are going, well, why would I go um, and sit on this couch and tell all my business to somebody who won't you know, understand me as a black man or as a black woman or as a person of color or understand my situation? Um, they're not going to understand me, so why would I even, even put myself through that? The second thing is, one, I, I mean, the second thing is also, I don't want nobody to think I'm crazy. 
Um, and then the other one is I don't want people to think I came from a crazy family or a crazy situation. Mm -hmm. So I may be okay, but I don't want you to think that my parents or I had a crazy upbringing. And so in the process of trying to do a lot of covering up, you're covering up a whole lot of issues, but at the end of the day, you're still not dealing with that big white elephant in the room. And so um, things, you know, it's gonna come out and things are, are gonna happen. And so the, the sooner that you, you seek that assistance, um, the sooner that you can, you know, begin that, that healing process. So I'm glad you touched on that because um, again, we talked about resources like CAPS mm -hmm. and there's kind of a short term transition there because as a student per semester, there's a certain amount of sessions you usually can get mm -hmm. before you have to start paying out of pocket. And so with that being said, um, one of the things we kind of touched on is, um, you kind of talked about self-care. Mm -hmm. So how many of us have a self-care strategy? Something that you do religiously <laughs> that's like, all right, I'm feeling like, damn. And then you just go like, all right, let me go do this one thing. So what's your self-care strategy? Uh, I mean, like as a since I got out of college, uh, one thing that I try to do quarterly is to go get uh, massages. Me and my wife, we go get couples massages. That's something that's always relaxing. Mm. Um, but on a day-to-day -day basis, um, it's more so. Um, I have a time where I think, like Kayla touched on a, on a she too STEM live podcast, where the phone like goes into like you know no, not disturb mode, right? So that's that's kind of like my thing. Like after. After I get off work, like if I'm if I'm once I get in my car, like work is done for the day, like that work phone goes off. Like <laughs> I'll see you like tomorrow morning, or I may um, you know check my email before I leave the house to go to to work or whatnot. So um, when I leave work, work has to be done. Like that's you can't bleed until like the time that I spend with my wife, I spend with my family, or the time that I'm doing podcasting with my uh, brother Rich. So that's one of the things that <laughs> it's like I, I said like barriers and boundaries with time as well so that's why you don't answer the phone sometimes if you text I, I i'll always now. <laughs> i just need to make sure i understand i'll always text but okay okay so, <laughs> what about you what's your um, so the joke the joke that i make is when i worked in the high schools and my students my students knew it was a joke so let me say that off rip um but my students knew hit the weights or hit a child. So, <laughs> so I would definitely, I would definitely um, utilize, utilize the gym though. Um, I think I'm, I'm a super social person. I'm definitely a people person. That's part of, you know, what I do is my job. But I would say in the gym, that's probably the most anti I am. Like I go by myself, I throw my headphones on, probably some super ratchet and I'm gonna uh, I'm hit these weights and I'm gonna do this cardio. But that's kind of like my time. That's just to just kind of do me and and kind of work out work out through some things. So I definitely definitely utilize the gym. Um, definitely, like I said, utilize my support system. Um, and I think it's nothing wrong from time to time to just kind of treat yourself. Um, sometimes you just got to hit yourself, yourself with a you deserve it and and, and roll with it because um, those things are important. But I would say, like I say, my day to day is for sure that 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 peace that Zen moment um, in the gym. Okay. Mm -hmm. So your ratchet music, you know I want to get in your. I love it. Right I love now, it from right? the ratchet to the classic. You you listen to my phone. It's it's, it's like how did be, we get here? Wait a it'd minute. It'd be Marvin Gaye, Adele to to what's currently on the radio. It's, I listen to it all. So what's your go-to ratchet song when you're at the gym and you need that extra? 
I'm gonna write I, this down. No, by I'm no real talk. Nucky if you buck. Um, hey. <laughs> I was Not about up. to say. I was about to say. Um, I love all the ratchet classics of crunk music from 2003 to 2006. All the Little John, all the Young Bloods. <laughs> all, good times, um, there's a meme that was on on uh, Facebook that's like you you in the car trapping and, and killing all these people on your way to your corporate job. Yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> and like, the a, time, like, a, like a couple weeks ago, I did. I put it as my Facebook status, and I didn't even care. I had the windows down driving through the parking structure um, to find a parking space at work. Nuck if you buck was banging out my car, and I got right out the car like, good morning, how are you? Like, <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, I, I love it all. <laughs> I know why half of y'all laughing because y'all do that too. Don't front. All right, told you we family. All right, cool. So, what about you? What's your go-to trap song? Go-to trap song. Yeah. Uh, What's your ratchet song. Probably wipe me down. Wipe me down. Wipe me down. Hey. Oh, <laughs> That's Don't it right there. Yeah. Pull up at the club VIP. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm just pulling to the driveway. But it's the same thing. So. Listen. <laughs> so. Far as self, my self care strategy, um, I believe music is a real mood, so mm -hmm. I can literally put myself exactly where I need to be by hitting shuffle on title. Like I sometimes will like just start scrolling on my phone, and they thank God they did this finally. But they have these like my mixes, yep. so now you can just say, all right, how am I feeling? All right, this has Drake and I don't feel like crying. Or, <laughs> um, all right, this has young blood. That means I heard Caleb talking, <laughs> or you know things of that nature. So, like, I literally will grab a playlist, save it, and just hit shuffle, and that's my move. Mm -hmm. So if it's the internet for those people that like the internet, um, so I would <laughs> <laughs> shout out. But um, so literally, I would just hit shuffle, and that's my move for that day. Mm -hmm. So if I feel like being in a mellow mood, I'll hit shuffle. If I feel like flipping tables over, then I'll throw on <laughs> some trap music and just hit shuffle. So I mean, but in the gym, that go-to song legitimately is between sicko mode or nonstop. Mm -hmm. It legit gets me there. I'm like, all right, I'm about to die on this treadmill, but I gotta need a good five more minutes. So I'm gonna play this song. We in there. So shout out. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So I do want to make sure I have one more question. But if you guys are thinking of questions right now, gather your thoughts because I'm coming to you guys next. So that being said. Um, with that being said, I want to ask the final question on our end. Um, which one do I like the most? <laughs> All right. I think this is a controversial one. I got to stir up the pot. Come on, what do you want from me? <laughs> um, how do I recognize new friends that are, that are or aren't healthy for me? See, you like that? You like that? See, I did that. I have stumped the guest. Mm. <laughs> okay, okay, we good. Cool, my man. I mean, I think that I think that goes down to to who you are as a man or a woman, and and looking at your actions. There are some people that um, really do legit change your mood mm -hmm. um, when they get around you, and so you have to you have to really look at your vibe and look at your energy and tap into that, and and see if that person is is contributing to to the betterment of who you are, or if they are are pulling you down. Um, and that could be, you know, that doesn't have to be a friend of me or somebody. That could be somebody who is a real potential friend. But maybe the way they're living their life, um, maybe some things that they're doing just doesn't align with, with where you're at. 
And so I think that goes into some some inner self, um, some thoughts of looking inside yourself um, to just kind of say, you know, am I my best person when when I'm when I'm with this individual or I'm around these people or am I lowering myself or am I lowering my standards or do I find myself doing things that I typically wouldn't do um, in any other given situation but because I'm around these peers or I'm around this group um, maybe they are not the best for me and so I think um, like I said what's important in regards to that is that you are looking into yourself and and looking at, at, at your behavior I mean again we all you know turn up from time to time and do different things um, and there's nothing wrong with that but I think you know, you have to just look at your behavior and see, are these individuals contributing to who I am as a, as a person? Or do I feel like, you know, I'm lowering myself or are they even toxic, you know, to, to who I am? You'll have some people in your life who to your face will look like they have, you know, your best interests at heart. Um, but really they are, you know, praying for your downfall or they don't want to see you succeed. You know, you, you get that promotion <laughs> or you get that internship or that scholarship. Um, and it's that it's that fake happy. It's that it's that um, that that fake positive energy that they're trying to send you your way, and so they're they're not really there for you. And so again, it's it's nothing wrong with with checking into that, and like you say, saying no. And there's nothing wrong with with distancing yourself from somebody if they're not if they're not best for who you are, where you're at at that moment, or or for what you need. Period. You know, you mentioned like one of my favorite artists, like <laughs> T Grizzly, right? They praying on my downfall. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I got excited. I was about to start rapping, but this is not the place for that. So, with that being said, um, so that's all the questions I have. Um, well, we have full transparency. Um, so, from you all, if there's any questions you're thinking about right now, please line up at the microphone here in the center, and you can create a line, and we'll try to get through as many as we can without going over time because that's important. <laughs> Go ahead. Is this good? Absolutely. Um, for the record, my trap song is killing it from the 99 to the 2000s, not to mention the actual song. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. My question is, how do you start the conversation on addressing mental health? Because I, I know that it's um, it's a taboo topic, mm -hmm. especially in our community, especially in our community, because either you're a doctor, lawyer, engineer, or mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's hard to, I guess, express the pressures of trying to be successful and trying to do all these things, but how do you bring up that you need air, you need a breath? Can I, for clarity, are you saying bring it up like for yourself or bring it for, up for, for anyone? Somebody like, how else? do you even begin to start that conversation? Mm -hmm. Like, you can't walk up to somebody and say, "Hey, I think you have anxiety. You need to take it <laughs> easy." Like, you can't yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say if it's from a personal standpoint, I think it's it's extremely hard um, to be vulnerable. Um, I think in my personal in my personal situation, I think that's why I am understanding because I do have a therapist and I've been in therapy myself and I know what it's like to sit on that other side of the couch. And what I like to call it, I like to call it um, playing double dutch. When I see a client who's kind of like, 
kind of want to say something, but I kind of don't. And you see them kind of teetering back and forth. Um, I think, if anything, it's just really about um, just being there for individuals and, and making a safe and comfortable space. Um, there was a, a, a meme that I posted on Instagram that was basically saying, you know, about guys, he's tired, he's da da da, he's worn, he's depressed, um, but he'll look at you and smile and say he's fine, even though he's not fine. And what I had put um, in my caption to that is that even though that individual may say he's fine, what you'd want to do is just be like, okay, and leave it so that they know that when they're ready, they can come and talk to you. Mm -hmm. And it's that safe space. People are only gonna talk and open up um, when they feel ready. And so you can't pry it out of anybody, but the best thing that you could do as an individual is at least know um, and put it out there and be like, hey, I'm a listening ear or I'm a phone call away um, just you know, for whatever you need. So I, I wanna attack <laughs> this because yeah. I think it's relevant to say that I used to go through that and so um, the first response to that is ecosystem. Get you an ecosystem for your. So literally, I literally have a group me for like multiple situations I'm in. Whether that be in school, whether that be mental wellness, whether that be a convention planning committee, or whatever that thing may be. And so I'll legit throw it out there like, you know, hey, today was just crap. And from there, we'll start the conversation. I'll just get it written out what happens. But for me, that's my initial release because I don't want to bottle that thing in. Mm -hmm. um, you start to understand who the people are in your ecosystem. So you get to know when they have that resting face. Like, the people that know me know I never really have a resting face unless something's actually wrong. Mm -hmm. And they'll just be like, you want to talk about it? And I'm like, I'm good. And I'm like, you lying. It's like, ah, damn. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real people, your real people go now. Yeah, yeah, it's, people don't know. Exactly. And so really encompassing yourself with that ecosystem is important because you know not if you're not gonna need it right now, you're gonna need that ecosystem eventually. And sometimes you literally like, I just wanna come over and kick it because you don't intend on talking, but you know if they ask the right questions, you're gonna just break down and talk about it. Mm -hmm. So surround yourself with the people that you know will help build you up when you're feeling the lowest. So that's I wanna answer. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Appreciate that question. So you all talked about like determining um, the people in your life and like if they're actually truly good for you. So how would you go about uh, distancing yourself from people who you can't really space yourself from, like family? I about to so say like, a parent. <laughs> yeah. So like a brother, a stepfather, mm -hmm. um, cousin, anything like that. Um, I mean, it, it's a little bit more difficult. It's a, it's, it's a little bit more difficult um, when it's a family member because, you know, if somebody on the street or, or a classmate or seven, you know, gets janky with you, cut off game is easy. Um, but it's a little bit harder um, when it's a family member. In some cases, though, it really is necessary. Um, hopefully there's a, a space and an opportunity where you can have that discussion and say, hey, you know, I feel X, Y, Z. Um, you know, when you say this or when you do this, um, and hopefully make a space for improvement. Um, but if not, you might just have to keep it cordial and just keep it at, at, at a, you know, a high and by and, and keep it at that. And again, that's way easier said than done, depending on the, the, the dynamics of that relationship. Well, for me, it was, uh, I got, I'm my mom's only son, so I have an older sister. So a lot of the um, friends that I made in school, coming up through grade school, middle school, we're, they were like my brothers. And so um, when it came time to uh, like choose college, choose colleges and, and what we were gonna do next for our lives, um, 
a lot of us took different ways. So it was it was kind of easy to see like what what I wanted wasn't the same thing that they wanted. So just me sticking to like my guns and sticking to my goals and where I wanted to see myself in the next like four to five years. Um, I knew that I was going to lose them as far as like being like social with them and and um, like seeing them every day. But I just knew that like it was, it was that, that became my time for me to be selfish about what I want to do for my life. So that was the aspect that I kind of looked at it as like if I'm going to be successful, then, you know, that's just me losing them is just potentially something that has to happen. Um, but I always left the door open um, in case, you know, things did work out for all of us to be friends and social with each other once again. And I mean, like, of course, I'm still social with them. I see them on Facebook and things like that. But on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, our lives have a different past, if you will. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sure it too is fine. Right? <laughs> um, so uh, I'm approaching the end of the semester, of course, and I will. <laughs> I want to know how to still implement like self care in a super like hectic and busy time. Um. So I'm gonna counter that with a question. Do you have a go to activity when you take a study break? In terms of like whatever you do to get away from studying, whether it be YouTube, Instagram videos, do you oh. have something you go to to just take a break? Yes, absolutely. So my recommendation would be to continue that. Um, you want to stay on that regular routine of making sure that you you go in for that one or two hours. You step out, take a walk, go on Instagram, on Facebook, subscribe, and also mm -hmm. the different things of like going to the gym getting an hour workout in, getting that 30-minute run, whatever it is that you do to just take your mind off of that subject so that you can have a clean and crisp mind going back into it. I know it's something I practice, so that's probably mm -hmm. my advice going from one person to another, mm -hmm. but just having that activity or that self-care strategy that you're already accustomed to doing and you enjoy doing and doesn't feel like a job to you. And then once you're done, get back into it. So that's my recommendation. I would agree. I would simply say um, you want to make sure that you just schedule it in. I mean, it doesn't have to be yes. penciled in at 4 o'clock on Tuesdays. You're going to do self-care. Um, but just making sure that you are, you know, attaining to yourself. Um, and as he said, doing activities that you just feel like are, are not only taking your mind off, but maybe in some cases just enhancing you and making you better um, for when you come back to that situation. Mm -hmm. And so it's just making sure that, you know, sometimes we just have to take a, a step back and be like, this ain't it. This isn't, you know, I just need to step back. I need to do, you know, I just need to do me for a minute and then collect yourself and, and come back. That's it. Mm -hmm. I guess like for me, when I was in school, like on a larger scale of uh, like self-care, like every uh, beginning of every semester, um, you know, you get like the uh, syllabus for the course. Um, what I would do is I would take a calendar and I would put all the exam dates from every class on a calendar. And then I will put um, as far as like, you know, when projects were due, things like that. But then I will also overlay that with like, cause I was a part of um, a Christian um, on-campus ministry at Wayne State. So I would, we always had activities planned like every other Saturday or whatnot. So I would overlay, um, I guess you could say that fun schedule with you know the actual coursework. And I would say, okay, I have an exam this Friday. So that Saturday um, I won't have homework because I just finished that exam so I can do that event. So it's kind of like I pace myself through the semester that way, just knowing like, okay, I can have this fun day, this fun day, that fun day. Um, so that kind of made it, um, I guess, like more of a reward system for me to look forward to that helped me get through college sometimes. Thank you. No doubt. Thank you.
What up, though? Hey. <laughs> um, so I personally sought therapy for myself just mm-hmm. in being a black woman in a profession where we are not present. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that it was important for me also, you know, being married, I'm renovating my house. There's just a lot of stuff going on. Um, and so to that, as of late, it's been a struggle, like trying to explain the need for therapy for myself to my parents. Mm-hmm. Cause like, we're also staying with my parents while we're renovating. Oh my God. So <laughs> oh God, I understand girl. I my, get you. <laughs> my question is, um, and so to that though, like I've had the conversation with them about the importance of it for me mm-hmm. and something that they should consider too, because they have these generational things that they've dealt with, that they've internalized that come out in e- their everyday responses or reactions to mm-hmm. the things that we do now. And they don't understand us because we sucked it up back then. We didn't deal with like, they never dealt with those issues. So what are your, what suggestions would you have, um, in efforts to, um, not necessarily um, sell therapy to your family, mm-hmm. but even to uh, try to encourage them to seek therapy for themselves. So I think one of the issues that um, individuals have, like we've already talked about the stigma, but I think one of the problems that individuals have with like problems with like depression or anxiety is that um, for some people on the outside, it's not tangible. And because it's not tangible, they can't understand how you feel or what you're going through right. because you didn't experience a death or you didn't hit your toe or you didn't lose your job. It's not something that's like because X, Y, Z happened, this is why you feel. And so because of that, um, some people have a hard time, A, understanding why you're feeling that way in the first place, and B, now you're going to seek um, assistance for that. I just think it's important um, on your case to just be be honest and say how it, it works for you and how it benefits you and how it's made you um, a better person, a better woman um, in your situation. And the only thing you can do is say, you know, this may not be the same experience that you may have when you go, but this is how it benefited me. And I think it, this is something that, you know, you may wanna you may wanna give it a try. I mean, at the end of the day, um, therapy is a process. And so um, I always like to tell people that you know, it didn't take you an hour to get how you're feeling, the way you're feeling. So you're not about to go sit on this couch or this chair for an hour and walk out and and, and feel better. Um, It is a process. You're going to have some days in session where you're going to walk out and you're going to feel amazing. You're going to have some days in session where you're going to walk out and you feel like you opened Pandora's box because you've tapped into some things and now it's like, what does all this mean? Um, and so it's, it's a process that you, you just have to, to work through. But I think for other people, I think the thing that's important, like I said before, is just letting them know how it's benefiting you um, and how it's helping you change or, or grow um, to be a better person. And by sharing that experience, um, it could definitely uh, open up the door for, for somebody else. And the last thing I'm going to say, that's something that I deal with with my job on a regular, where I see students who may need um, personal counseling and personal counseling services that we offer. Um, at our at our office and at our site, one of the hardest things that I have to do is just trying to knock that wall down of getting that student to even be convinced to even go um, because they recognize, A, I have the situation, B, yeah, it's not normal and I don't want to feel this way, but mm, you want me to go talk to somebody about it? Why? And so one of the ways that I explain it is that I say, you know, when it comes to therapy, you are in the driver's seat. It is your life. It is not you coming in my office and sitting down and you telling me what your situation is. And then I say, oh, all you got to do is, and you'll be straight. 
I'm not there to give you advice. I'm not there to tell you how to live your life. I always say you're in the driver's seat of your life and your situation. My job as the counselor is to be your navigator. I'm simply there to help you kind of explore those thoughts, explore those things, um, unpack some things a little bit different, um, put some other suggestions out there. But when you walk out that door, you're still in the driver's seat and you can either keep doing what you're doing or you can go, you know what, I never thought about it that way or what if I tried this different, um, let's see how this works. Thank you. You're welcome. Ooh, this is gonna be a doozy. <laughs> this is about to get this real. To I'm be, excited. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's going Should on? I just take the mic then. My name is Katherine Johnson. I am the person who drops things. Um, Hi, <laughs> person that drops things. Nice to meet you. I'm the chair of the Atlanta Professionals chapter. I'm a awesome. big proponent of health, self care, and wellness. And I was listening, I've been taking a lot of notes, and I have a couple of um, answers to you guys' questions, if I can add on a couple of things. The first thing is how to cram properly. So you guys were asking how to do it in a short amount of time. I wanna share with you guys my method. Um, this has got me consistent A's on finals. So if you guys wanna write this down. Um, so what I did was I took one song, it can be your trap song, and I had it on repeat, and for those four hours, I consistently worked on problems. I didn't study the content. I didn't go behind the theory of it. All I did was work problems. Now keep in mind this only works with um, problem-based exams. So math and statics and anything engineering related, but problems, problems, problems in a row until you get it correct, at least 10 problems in a row. By then your mind is already trained and that's like four hours before you go into the exam. So by then you're robotic and you know how to do these problems. Um, Start off easy, get your confidence up, and then go harder. Can I ask you a question? Of course. Where were you in 2013? <laughs> Why am I just hearing this now? Gosh. I am a member of the National Society of Black Engineers, and I'm here to share my methods. Okay, sis. I apologize if they're a little too late, Listen. but if I can help at least one person in this room, then that's why I'm here. Um, some self-care strategies that I do, because I've always struggled with it, for one, I take deep breaths. Mm -hmm. Everybody, let's take a deep breath in. And exhale. Let's do one more deep breath in and hold it. Hold and release. Now on this last deep breath, we're going to exhale as slow as we can. So mm -hmm. deep breath in. Push out the air very slow and push all of the air out of your lungs. You should hear yourself breathing so that you know that you calm down. We can keep old air and toxins in our lungs for up to 24 hours. So it's very good to just exhale everything that we have in there. Not to cut you off real quick, but one thing too, there's an app for that. So uh, <laughs> I was about to say Headspace. So Headspace is a, if you look on your phone, um, Headspace is a great app for that, um, where you can do, um, I think like three minute to like 10 minute um, guided meditations. I know some people, I'm um, some people struggle with meditation, um, trying to do it on my own because my mind just be busy um, and I can't quiet it. So a good guided meditation um, actually helps me out personally because I'm following somebody else's instructions and, and still getting it done. So definitely look at, um, there's Headspace, that's the one that I use personally, but there are definitely apps uh, out there for that to help you with that. Right, 
And to build off of that, mm-hmm. has anybody heard of what mindfulness is? That's what I say, mindfulness. They're mindfulness apps, yeah. But mindfulness is uh, very simply being mindful of the things that are around you. So if you guys take a look with me, we have this light up here in the corner that's hanging from a structure on the beam, mm-hmm. this water bottle that's slightly larger than all of the other ones. <laughs> um, just taking into account minor things and narrating them as if you're somebody in your head, it takes your mind off of all the buzz that's mm-hmm. going on and lets you focus on one single thing. That kind of gets you back on track. That was one of my one of my things. Um, other self care strategies: sleep, and then um, for I know sleep really helps guys. Team like, insomnia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for all this. I just want you to know I'm no, loving this. Well, hold on. Let me hit y'all with a team insomnia. Mm-hmm. Who's ever had insomnia before? Because I had it real bad. All right. So I want you guys to do an exercise with me real quick. I know. I'm sorry if I'm taking up too much time. Oh, don't worry. We're good, but yeah. So so this is how you fall asleep, right? You have so many things buzzing in your mind because you're stressing out about it all, right? Mm -hmm. So you take a deep breath in. Today I went to the Nesby self-care session. As you exhale, that thought goes through your head. You just don't say it out loud. But once you acknowledge it, Imagine it like you're writing it on a piece of paper. You tear it up. You throw it in a basket. It's not allowed to come back in your head. Mm. You do that. You take those deep breaths until everything's out of your mind. And by that time, you should be able to fall asleep because you should just have a blank mind and heavy breathing because you've already gotten to that subset. Um, For me, always stressing out about various things, things that didn't even matter. So noticing that, you know, like I dropped my Amazon booklet today. I let that go. That's one less thing that I'm stressing about. And that's how I was able to beat my insomnia. So. What's your name again? Oh, my name is Katherine Johnson. <laughs> and I'm a superhero. I see you. <laughs> I believe that all engineers are superheroes. Absolutely. To protect the public. For me, I don't wear a cape. I wear a safety vest. That's it. But, um, that's it. <laughs> Let's give her a round of applause, man. Okay. We appreciate um, you. And then I'm almost done, I'm sorry. One you got one I more? Because I kept beating myself up in grad school. I made myself a literal friend bracelet. So I went to the craft store and got the little letters and the beads and everything. And I put on the letters friendship so that every time that I wore it and I was beating myself up, I would look to it and say that I have to be a friend to myself first before I can to others. Um, how to recognize friends that may be helpful or toxic. Watch for backhanded compliments. Watch about how they talk about other people. If they talk about them as soon as they leave the room. Mm-hmm. Um, you want friends that challenge you but also accept you. And then you want um, an equal balance of you, of you guys wanting to hang out. It just can't be you always trying to hang out with that person. Um, mm-hmm. Then how to distance yourself from toxic family that's present. Um, my sister was like my biggest bully growing up nobody else um so i just had to learn to kind of shut things down like i don't want to talk about this like shut things down asap as soon as you can and then um just prevent roast sessions as much as possible so just kind of i'm I'm just being honest guys like family loves to roast everybody so they do i got an auntie to do it all the time i gotta shut her down and then i have a question so for me my family is not a good motivational resource like you mentioned, um, if I was going through a struggle, oh, well, you can just come back home and, you know, get like a lower paying job and do X, Y, and Z. And um, I wanted to know what are some non-traditional sources of support? So I'm talking about like your friends, they're black, but they're not engineers. You know, um, what are support in some places besides like traditional therapy, friends, and family that you guys can recommend for others? So first again, 
you dropped some real knowledge. I hope y'all took notes because I definitely took like a half a page of notes and I'm taking all that back home, um, which is around the corner. But um, most importantly, um, so to make sure I understand your question, you want to know who are like non-traditional mm-hmm. people that I would talk to? Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to go first then? I guess when you say non-traditional, so I'm thinking like outside of uh, professional therapy, but but other ways to kind of collect yourself. Right. Um, and, and so one of the things you said was mindfulness, which I totally agree with. Um, how many people in here have ever done yoga? So yoga is 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 dope in a, in a good way. Again, to kind of collect yourself um, and is healthy. On top of that, um, I'm also big on just physical fitness as a whole, um, just as a as another outlet. Um, to to try to gather yourself and collect yourself, because sometimes um, you know I had a I had a friend they 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 boxed they took it you know they took literally their physical frustrations out um, in the ring and on the and and on the bag so um, def- different physical activities for sure but I would personally say things like um, mindfulness exercises mindfulness apps um, and if you can get to um, you know incorporating yoga that's also just another good way to kind of center yourself from a non traditional standpoint. We appreciate you. Thank you. You guys don't have any? Well, if I had to pick one. <laughs> um, again, I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. But outside of going to get professional help and things of that nature, I literally, like, surround myself with people that are willing to talk and listen. Because some of us just listen with the intent of replying or trying to give their professional help. But the thing that I usually really do is I know that I have friends that say, listen, I just want to talk. I don't even want you to give me feedback. I just want you to listen so I get this out of my head. And if you can offer me something, some honest advice if you went through it, great. But I just need to get this out because I'm going to flip a table in this thing, and I don't want to have to do that. And so literally after you have those moments, you literally come to a place like, all right, I'm cool. I got it off my chest. And... I'm at least able to, like you mentioned earlier, I'm at least able to get it out of my system and avoid it because I've addressed it already. So that would be mine. So for me, um, at Wayne State, it was kind of like, like it's kind of like a commuter school. So it's kind of like a school that blends like real people with um, academics at the same time. And so um, I was blessed to have two people I could always talk to. So I had an academic advisor um, named Gail, who anytime I faced like trouble, not necessarily trouble, but if I just had like a bad day or something, or I failed an exam, I would go talk to her about it. Um, and then also, um, Michelle Reeves, who's the leader of DAPSEP, she was here earlier this week. Um, when I first got to Wayne State, she was like the assistant to like the Dean of Students, or Dean of Student Affairs um, at Wayne State. And she was kind of like the person who, when I first got to Wayne State, she was over kind of like diversity programs in the College of Engineering. So as soon as I like met her, I was like, that's gonna be like my best friend. And so um, I will always just go to her. She was like a person, like, even if I wasn't having a bad day, I'll still go see her. And like, you know, college students, we don't always, that was before I got my internship. So I didn't have a lot of money except for my refund check. So she will always have juices and chips and stuff like that. So I will always go see um, my academic advisor as well as um, Michelle Reeves when she was still working at Wayne State. Yeah. Thank you guys, I appreciate your help. Thank, Thank you. you. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you. <laughs> Hi. Hey, how you doing? Um, so we spoke about ecosystems a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, so my question is, um, about a year ago, I took a year off of school, went through therapy, a couple of personal family issues. 
Um, and now I'm back in school. Um, and when it comes to ecosystems and my therapist being 30 minutes away, sometimes I can't tell the difference between me being too independent and saying, no, I got me. I can handle this myself, and I got my mental state all on my own because mm -hmm. I don't want to travel home, mm -hmm. or because I'm too reliant. I feel like I'm too reliant on my friends. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to my best friend, one of my best friends is actually my college counselor, which is just very convenient. Um, so I don't know whether I'm being too independent sometimes or whether I'm being too reliant on people because you know they know my problems or I'm speaking to them about my issues, and then I'm tired of speaking to them about my issues or I don't want to feel like I'm stressing them out. Mm -hmm. So how do you tell the difference between that? I would say you need to keep doing you and I would let other people tell me. I mean, when you're when people are being a burden on you, they'll let you know you're being a burden. And so if they obviously have the door open for you and allowing you to share in that space, um, and if it's working for you and it's working for them, um, I would say keep doing what you're doing. Um, I would say I really wouldn't make adjustments until you it was brought up that adjustments probably need to be made. And so I wouldn't stress out over a bunch of different scenarios that could or could not happen that haven't taken place yet. Um, if you feel like you're in a good space at this moment and you're coming back to school and this is what's working for you, um, like I say, as long as it's working for, for those people in your support system um, who are there for you, I would say keep doing what you're doing until uh, faced with that challenge otherwise and you just cross that bridge when you get there. So, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> so, I think that one of the best ways that I found helpful is so some of this is a little bit of that pride thing we talked about earlier is how I used to deal with it, and sometimes I'll be like, you know what, actually you're okay. But now I found the reason of saying, all right, I'm okay. But if it comes back within like the next seven days, I need to go talk about it. And so for me, that was really helpful because um, it's a natural reaction. So I'm not sitting here like overreacting or crazy, but it's like, all right, there's one person at work said the most annoying crap in the world to me, but I'm going to let it go. And it may trigger something. So if that lingers for a long period of time, I'm like, all right, I need to talk about this in a safe space and just get it out because it's nothing wrong with saying what's on your mind instead of being so prideful that you say you got it yourself. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, you have to be mindful of, all right, this is what I know I have going on, but for the sake of me being a productive student, especially getting back into school, or if it's other things such as um, whatever it is you personally have going on in your life, you wanna make sure that you're as fair as possible to each of those um, instances as far as your family, mm -hmm. friends, your schoolwork, et cetera, and such no thing can deviate from what you have going on. So if that thing, again, triggers you, after you've addressed it, then you haven't addressed it. So it's okay from that point to seek that help. And you're not crazy mm -hmm. for thinking that you need to get that thing handled. So mm -hmm. that would be my advice because I found that really helpful these days. So I will piggyback off of our uh, expert, Caleb, uh, <laughs> and what he said. Like, people, they'll let you know um, when, when you become, like, a burden to them. And, like, my uh, – experience with that was when I was in college, I think it was my third or fourth year, I had just turned like 22. And like, I was like, Wayne State is a commuter school. So I lived at home or go up to campus every other day because I stay like 15 minutes away. But um, my mom or my dad or I would catch a ride with my sister because she was still going there for like graduate classes at the time. 
And so they just, um, well, my mom, she let me know because she was dropping me off the most. She was like, you had your license and she was a senior in high school. It's time for you to get a car because I'm tired of, you know, taking you up there. And so um, I basically, you know, I was already working. So I took like the little money that I had and bought me a car. But that was like my experience with people telling you, you know, hey, um, I still love you. But, you know, as of right now, the way that my life is going, you got to you know handle that for yourself at this time. So. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the question. So, for the most part, that is our discussion for this episode of our podcast. What I would like to do now is get closing thoughts, starting with our esteemed guest, Mr. Boswell. Um, I would say one thing, um, listening to you, um, one of the benefits that I think of going to therapy is that that's an hour where it's just you. Um, and I can't think of any time in your life where you just have an hour um, or 45 minutes or whatever your session time is that's dedicated to you. And the reason why that's important is because I heard you mention things in regards to like, you know, working with friends and things of that nature. I mean, think about it. How many times have you ever had a situation um, where you was going through something and you picked up the phone and you went to go talk to that one friend and then the next thing you know, they've either A, marginalized what you've had to say and be like, oh, it ain't that bad. All you got to do is, or they didn't flip the script and now they talking all about them and you sit on the Man. phone like, but I called you to talk about me, and here I am uh, talking about you. And so I think that's just a, a great place um, for you to go because, again, people also think therapy has to be a place to go when things are bad and when things are terrible. Um, and from an article that I use when I um, do presentations, um, you don't have to necessarily go every single week or you don't necessarily have to go um, when things are bad. Just like you go to the dentist twice a year or you do your regular doctor's appointment once a year, there's nothing wrong with going in with a check-in and just say, hey, you know, this is what's going great um, in my life or this is kind of where things have been. Um, using my own personal situation, yes, when things were rough, I was there every Saturday at 11 um, on a weekly basis. But then as things progressed and I felt like I was progressing, I was like, you know what? I don't need to come weekly. And weekly became bi-weekly and then bi-weekly became like a every couple months, like I just make an appointment and do a check-in just to be like, hey, this is kind of what's been going on. But like I say, I would I would highly um, recommend it simply because it's, it's a space where you can where you can kind of unpack, where you can think, where you can speak um, and do it from an unbiased and a, and a judgment-free way. Now, I'm not saying that that person is going to sit up there and shake their head and agree with everything you say. That good therapist is going to challenge you um, and challenge what you have to say and challenge what your thoughts are. But again, I just think it's a great space um, where you can just do you. Y'all felt that right. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, bro? Uh, I would just say, you know, us doing this podcast for, you know, close to a year now. Um, we had so many great guests, had so many great discussions. I would just challenge everyone here to um, just always be an advocate for mental health. You know, like in whatever space you find yourself in, like on the work, in the workplace, on college campus, in your family. Um, you know, whether people accept it or not, just let them know, you know, that I guess like to break the stigma. Um, we should we should all like take up the, the um, task of you know being an advocate for mental health. Glad you said that. So both of y'all took both of my recommendations. So <laughs> who y'all think y'all is? But most importantly, uh, I did write two that I thought were really important. One, as we talked about earlier, pick a self care strategy. Again, some of you all said you have them. Pick something that you enjoy doing that you don't mind doing just to take your mind at the task off the task at hand. And then most importantly, y'all probably heard this before, so I'm not like stealing lyrics or nothing, but know yourself and know your work. Um, 
your mental does in fact matter. Like some of us are so self-centered that we're like, well, you know what, you know, it's bigger than me, blah, blah, blah. I just gotta get over it, blah, blah, blah. No, <laughs> let's do the opposite. Your mental matters. Mm-hmm. This is no double entendre for the podcast, but it literally does matter. So again, make sure you address the stress. You actually take the time to address what you're going through. And if you feel without anybody else judging you that you need that help, it's okay to go get that. So that's my recommendation. Um, and with that being said, my brother, I appreciate you. Thank, Thank you for having me. Appreciate out. you. Thank you for engaging with our membership, with our guests, as far as Nesby's concerned. And that is really it as far as the podcast. For more information about how to follow us, how to listen, this episode will be available coming on iTunes and SoundCloud. So make sure you subscribe at Mental Matters Podcast. Um, we are on Facebook. We're on Instagram at Mental Matters Podcast. And on Twitter, (laughs) at Mental Matters P. So with that being said, thank you all for coming. And I'm good. You good? I'm good. We good? Good. good? Yes, sir. All hearts and minds are clear. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) With that being said, we love you guys and thank you.